I've thoroughly enjoyed Pastor John and Pastor Brian's messages on being ready. So I'm going to jump right in with some of my ideas about this great event that Christ spoke about often. The soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the most important, if not the most important issue we have in the church today. In Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, Jesus said, Now when these things begin to take place, that being the signs of his coming, he said, straighten up. <laughs> Let's all say straighten up. Straighten up. <laughs> I like that vernacular. And raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Amen? Amen. Amen. I heard an expression several years ago. Words are mere expressions of thought and nothing more. Believing is what really counts and faith is what unlocks the door. We have been inundated with a word that had not been used that much before this year. It is the word unprecedented. How many has heard that word lately? About a thousand times. Which means not done or known before. In my 50 plus years of ministry, the events that are, that have transpired now have gotten my attention more than any other event, and especially in our nation. I'll be honest with you that I've mentioned this before, but my first reaction was a soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If not now, when? After much thought and prayer concerning the coronavirus or COVID-19, also considering the scriptures, if nothing more, I felt it is a warning from God to everyone to be ready for his coming whenever it may happen. Amen? Amen. Matthew twenty four thirty six tells us, But concerning that day and hour... No one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father. However long or short we may have, we are to prepare for this event and make sure of our calling and election, plus reaching out to them who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Another word we we use concerning main events throughout our lifetime is happening is a milestone. You've all used this word, which defines is an important happening in history in someone's life. A few months ago, I celebrated my 80th birthday. <laughs> Amen. I didn't think about that for years, but it's here. (laughs) 
Pastor John gave me a birthday card. Thanks, Pastor. (laughs) With a picture of an elephant on the cover. Inside it said, Age is ear elephant. (laughs) Age is ear elephant. And also my wife and I celebrated our 54th wedding anniversary a month ago today. I heard that Moses was 80 years old when he began his ministry. I'm about to retire myself at 80 years old. I told my grandchildren that I was going to be on uh, TV today. The internet or the Facebook is similar to TV. We love our grandchildren. It's been said if we had known grandchildren would be so much fun, we would have had them first. (laughs) Childhood is the most important part of their lives. They learn morals, the difference between right and wrong. And the scary part is they learn to act and speak like those around them. That's why Proverbs 22.6 is so important. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm reminded of the little boy that was thanking the pastor for helping his dad. How was that, son? The pastor asked. He said, Dad says your sermons help him catch up on his sleep. (laughs) I hope nobody sleeps today. I've had this message on hold almost six months. I was scheduled to preach the first Sunday of the year, but I felt the timing wasn't right back then. As I think back, how could anyone envision what would happen up to now this year? Think about it. Many of us have been forced into taking an unwanted sabbatical. As a minister, I may try to take advantage of the lost time and make up for it, but I won't. Sometimes ministers get a little long-winded. I heard another one about the man that had fallen asleep during the message. The louder he snored, the louder the preacher got. (laughs) He was about the third row back from the pulpit. Finally, the pastor asked the individual next to him to wake him up. A member, excuse me, The individual responded, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. (laughs) A member of our church called me the other day and said he had a dream. I said, well, what was your dream? He said, I dreamed that Pastor Jake got the congregation to laugh. (laughs) That's the truth. True story. No doubt we haven't had a lot to laugh about this year. 
Please open to the 25th chapter of Matthew, if you would, for our reading. This is entitled, The Final Judgment. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right with the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Sometimes we pastors echo some of the same ideas. The word says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, Brethren, I would that you speak the same things. I'm only going to address today the sheep. Baha, let's all say Baha. It's going to address the sheep. How important are we as Christ's sheep? In John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. It's been a little while since I have spoken, and a lot has happened during that time. My message today will correlate with what is happening in our world today. It alludes to the premise that Jesus shows his followers the importance of of ministering to those whom we come in contact with every day. My title today is, Lord, when did we see you? Lord, when did we see you? And also, I will interject from time to time, 2020 vision. Well-known scholar and author of many books, W.A. Ward, who passed away last year, In one of the books he had written suggested ways in which we could reach out to those individuals that we will be in touch with throughout the year, almost every day. In our scripture reading today, the Lord points out several individuals in need of a good shepherd, which we, if we are looking for with our 2020 vision, could minister 
to their special need. Amen? W.A. Ward lists several suggestions that we may respond to. Number one, I will be sensitive to the need of my fellow man and actively look for ways to befriend him this year. Number two, I will become aware of someone's sufferings, get involved in their struggles, and comfort them in their suffering. Number three, I will withhold judgment of my brother this year. Number four, I will forgive those who have injured me, and I will forgive even those who have hurt those I love this year. Number five, I will not close my eyes or pass by on the other side, wherever there is a need of my service, my friendship, or my presence. Number six, I will lift someone's spirit by giving a word of hope and encouragement this year. 2020 vision. W.A. Ward also said, and catch this, when we seek to discover the best in others, we somehow bring out the best in ourselves. Good advice. I repeat, when we seek to discover the best in others, we somehow bring out the best in ourselves. Amen. We have all heard of the great scholar D.L. Moody. In reference to his early ministry of his work in Chicago, Mr. Moody, which he preferred being addressed as, related a personal incident. He said, for a long time, I used to be the laughing stock of the community because I would stop people, talk to them about their souls. But that was a school in which I learned to preach and preach the gospel. It was my practice to witness to one unbeliever every day. One night, as I was going home, I realized I hadn't spoken to anyone about their souls. Just then I happened to see a man leaning against a lamppost. So I went up and put my hand on his shoulder and asked him if he loved the Lord. He got very angry and even cursed me. Very early one morning, a few days later, I heard a rap at my door. And there stood a man that was a perfect stranger to me. The stranger asked, Don't you know me? I am the man that cursed you on State Street. I haven't had a moment's peace since. And now I've come to ask you to pray for me. I prayed for him as he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Amen. Mooney is known... To this day as a leader in winning thousands of souls through his unique ministry of teaching and preaching. Back to our story, our parable. We read, the Son of Man comes in his glory and sits on his glorious throne to judge all the nations of the world. What they have done for and to his fellow man will be considered in his judgment. As believers, it seems that God expects 
more from believers than others. The biggest task we have is to reach out to those who don't know Christ so they can share in this ministry of reaching the lost as well. Also in our story, Jesus said, I was hungry and thirsty. You gave me food and drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you came to me. The righteous answered him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and we ministered unto your needs? The Lord replied, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. I mentioned that I was contemplating preaching this message the first of the year, being the reason for my title, the first title, 2020 Vision. But since with everything going on, I've changed it to, like I mentioned today, Lord, when did we see you? In our text, the story is told daily. We see those in need. And we, and because we are so busy, we're preoccupied in doing our own things. We just go about our business thinking someone else will tend to them. Maybe we don't see them like in the story Matthew depicts. Possibly because we are not looking for them. We sometimes look for the Lord in a dream or an angelic being, and he throws us a curve and shows up in ragged clothes or in a smelly prison. Lord, when did we see you? Perhaps in lieu of everything that has happened and is happening in the last several months, This was a better time to present this message today. I've had more opportunities to witness my faith this year than ever before. Amen. I believe God has gotten a lot of people's attention through this unprecedented event. Take time with your family to pray for God's guidance during this time. My mailman even calls me pastor. As a truth, every day I see him. Hi, pastor. Thank you. George McLeod, an 18th century Christian, said, I simply argue that the cross be raised again at the center of the marketplace as well as on the steeple of the church. I am recovering the claim that Jesus was not crucified in a cathedral between two candles, but on a cross between two thieves, on the town garbage heap, at a crossroad so cosmopolitan that they had to write his title in Hebrew and in Latin and in Greek, at the kind of place where cynics talk smug and thieves curse and soldiers gamble because That is where he died, and that is what he died about. And that is where churchmen ought to be, and what churchmen should be about. 
Lord, when did we see you? The concluding words of the article Footprints sums up how we see things daily. As it concludes, it says, But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times of my life, there is only one set of footprints. Lord, I don't understand why. It seems that when I needed you most, you would leave me. And the Lord replied, My child, I love you, and I would never leave you during your times of trials and sufferings. When you see only one set of footprints, it was then I carried you. So often we don't see the Lord because we rely on our own ability. We fail to see him in others. And then we end up replying, Lord, when did we see you? I believe that the Lord spends a lot of time embodying himself in those individuals that need help from us. Jesus said, I sheep know my voice. I believe it is a great it is great when our pastors relates how God blessed them and has used them through the years in their ministry. I haven't said a lot about my past ministry, but feel led to today. Five years we pastored in Brainerd, Minnesota. We had a jail service every other Sunday afternoon. I was in prison or jail, and you came to me. I enjoyed preaching to a captive audience. We visited one of the town's derelicts at jail several times, and when he got dismissed, he came to our service the first Sunday evening. He was free. He gave his heart to the Lord. We didn't have a baptistry yet, so we went down to the lake and baptized him. There were 464 lakes in the county. It wasn't hard to find. It was May, and the ice was barely melted in Minnesota. A few of his family followed him to the Lord. The town wino's parents attended our church. One evening we were having church, and I heard steps coming down the stairway. We had a basement church. At the bottom of the steps was a coat rack full of hangers. We heard an arousing sound, so I went back to see what was happening. There was John Carrick. He was a character. (laughs) On the floor with dozens of hangers all over him. Of course, he was drunk. The ladies had him up at the altar repenting. Before we left that church, come back to Troy, John had kicked a habit and found the Lord. I was sick, and you ministered to me. We had several individuals attended our church from time to time who were known as outcasts. Why did they come to our church? probably because they weren't welcome in most churches in town. 
Also, every other Sunday afternoon, we held a service at the rest home for the five years we were there. I was sick and you visited me. I believe that's the one reason I have a heart for the work at Sanctuary at Bellbrook. We weren't, we went house to house every Saturday to witness and invite the neighborhood to the church, as well as held meetings under, at the courthouse steps from time to time. I was a stranger and you welcomed me and visited me. Jesus mentioned the sheep and the goats who both said, Lord, when did we see you? And finally, not bad. And finally, it's been said when a minister says, and finally, he usually doesn't mean it. (laughs) He means, if all possible, at this time, I am finishing. My prayer is that as 2020 continues, we will reach out to those Christ embodies as one of the least of his brethren. It may be easier to minister to a believer than a non-believer, but God expects us to reach out to everyone. I realize this parable is one of the prophecies of the end time, It's been said the lack of foresight is inexcusable. It's inevitable that the things we've experienced in our world of late may be a wake-up call to believers as well as those who don't know Christ. Someone asked, where is the second brain that could have invented anything so original and so sublime? As this story. This is a majestic picture Christ used to close out his series of parables about being ready for the second coming of Christ. As early as the age of 12, Christ implemented a plan identifying himself with the needy and the suffering. This conduct is proof of his love for us, shall we pray. Heavenly Father, may we as a church display our 2020 vision with those individuals Christ knew we could be involved with from day to day. I feel this year, 2020, could be the year for Troy Christian Chapel. Lord, keep our leaders strong as we lead our fellowship and the challenges that come our way, like this coronavirus epidemic that has the whole country in a fearful state as to what may happen. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, that only he has the answers. The Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us, if my people are called by my name, Hubble themselves and pray and seek by face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Father, our hearts are heavy with the loss of Christopher. We realize our loss is your gain. Be with the family 
and fill that void with a double portion of your love. In your precious name we pray. Amen.